Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Say, want a brand new breakfast idea? Then get the Betty Crocker cereal tray, the Betty Crocker cereal tray. Yes, indeed. Try the brand new cereal assortment with ten individual packages in all. Four Wheaties, four Cheerios, two Kicks. All top favorites and all extra fresh. Yes, it's fun to take your pick from Wheaties, Cheerios, and Kicks. Get the Betty Crocker cereal tray, the Betty Crocker cereal tray. Get that tray today. And now, the Betty Crocker Cereal Tray presents... The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game. Public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful valet Cato... Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure of Old Folks at Home. Listen, all Green Hornet fans, here's a wonderful new gift offer. Right now, you can get a swell-looking model city that looks just like a real city. And you get model city without sending in a single penny. That's right. There's nothing to send in to get model city. Be sure to listen later in tonight's program when I'll give you all the details of this exciting gift offer. Gunnigan, the city editor of the Daily Sentinel, had called Ed Lowry, his ace reporter, to the desk. Lowry, I tell you where there's so much smoke, there's got to be some fire. I'm talking about that Green Tree Mental Hospital out in the suburbs. Didn't you send a couple of the boys out there last week? Ah, their reports were the same as all the others. They talked to the superintendent and everything is just fine and dandy. Peaches and cream. The superintendent should know. Meagle's been out there for ten years. If we'd only had one or two letters from the inmates, they wouldn't think much of it. But, Larry, that's not the case. There have been dozens of reports from various sources about crowding. People confined out there who should have been discharged a long time ago. Poor food. Inadequate heat. Here, you can look the letters over and ah. see for yourself. All these? Yeah. But where's the hospital board? Didn't the county make an investigation? Yeah, but Meagle was prepared for it. Ah. Now, Larry, I want you to go out to Green Tree and try to slip through a rear gate. Get to some of the inmates. Don't let Meagle know you're there. I've got a hunch that Meagle is running some kind of razzle desk. Okay, Gunnigan. I'll see what I can do. You'll have to watch yourself. Meagle owns some watchdogs. Better take someone with you. <laughs> I'll take Mike Axford. He can amuse the dogs while I see if I learn a few things from the art inmates. Hey. Dogs. Nice doggy, nice doggy. No, take it easy. Quiet, quiet. It's all right, strangers. Don't be afraid of them dogs. I got them in hand. Call them off. Quiet, quiet, quiet. 
Prince, Prince, here. Sure. They look vicious. <laughs> they don't take the strangers none. Say, you're not supposed to use that gate, mister. Now, if you and your friend went around the front... Those your dogs? Oh, no, sir. They're Mr. Meagles. And right smart dogs they are, too. What's your name? Me? Well, my name's Peasley. You work here, huh? <laughs> well, you might say so. I putter around the grounds. Most times take care of Mr. Meagles' dogs. You, uh, like dogs? Oh, yeah. I like them better than I do washing dishes or working in the laundry. My partner works in the laundry, so he has to sleep daytime. What do you mean, your partner? Oh, he's the one that uses the bed daytimes. You see, I sleep nights. He sleeps days. Suffering snake. I bet the laundry is just about the toughest job there is, huh? Oh, no, sir. The hardest work is in the basement and the furnace room. In the kitchen is hard, too. <laughs> I guess scrubbing floors is harder than the laundry. <laughs> uh, look, do you guys have to do all them kind of jobs? <laughs> it's better than working outside of these grounds. <laughs> what I mean to say is, if I left the Green Tree Hospital, a man my age would find it hard to get along. Yeah, sure. Sure thing. Uh, I suppose you make good money, too. Oh, yes. And no expenses? You must have a nice little bank account by this time. Yes, I guess I have. Mr. Meagle is holding it for me. <laughs> But you'd better get along that path to the office and talk to Mr. Meagle. Is that Meagle coming this way? No. Yes, it is. Oh, he won't like it, me talking to you like this. Why were the dogs barking? What? Who are you? The name is Lowry, and this is Mike Axford. You're Mr. Meagle? I am. Uh, Mr. Meagle, sir. Take the dogs to the house. I'll see you later, Peasley. Uh, Yes, sir. I'll take them right away. Come on, Ed. Come on, Trey. We're reporters from the Sentinel. Reporters? Well, it's a pleasure to meet you. Let me show you around the hospital. I'm proud of it. I've been here for ten years, Mr. Lowry, and I've never seen any overcrowding. I think it's mean the things the papers have said about Mr. Meagle. <laughs> Ah, Granny's my sweetheart, aren't you, Granny? Hmm? Oh, Mr. Meagle. <laughs> this is a pretty nice room you have here, Granny. Don't you have to share it with someone? Oh, no, sir. Come with me, gentlemen. You can talk to some of the other inmates. Me? I've been here for a good long time. I can remember it before Mr. Meagle came. I'll bet you didn't get the chance to work under the old superintendent. Oh, no, sirree. Work? What are you going to do with all the money you earn? Oh, I'm saving it. Yes, sirree, I'm saving <coughs> it. Come, gentlemen, I'll show you the rest of the institution. <laughs> I, I try to keep the inmates busy, you see. Some of the poor old fools have the delusion that they actually earn their keep. Some of them seem quite sane. Uh, those to whom you've talked, yes. I, uh... You understand, of course, why I can't take you to all of the rooms. There's your report, Gunnigan. And my personal opinion goes with it. Fred Ray don't want your personal opinion. Well, it's there anyway. What we saw at Green Tree looked first rate. But Gunnigan, the people we talked to were picked customers. Old Peasley's the only one that gave us straight talk, and he let the cat out of the bag. Larry, that's nothing but your own supposition. Yeah? Well, you read between the lines of the things Peasley said. 
Meagle's up to some funny business at the Green Tree Place, and it's there, Gunnigan. Right there in my article, between the lines. Miss Case, did you see this story, Lowry's opinion of the Green Tree Mental Hospital? Yes, I did, Mr. Reed. Well, there's a hint that people sleep in shifts. That some inmates who should have been discharged a long time ago are kept on to do work that outsiders should be hired to do. And here, Mr. Reed's another story that Lowry turned in. Did you see this one? No. Well, here, a man named Gilchrist died at the hospital and left his entire savings to Meagle. It was only $1,200, but it Where was... Where did a... he get that much money? He saved it. He worked at the hospital. Worked there, eh? And lived at the hospital while he was working. In this case, the county provides for hiring professional help to do all the essential work. Cooks, cleaning women, janitors, and so forth. There's no provision to pay the inmates for what they do. What do you make of it, Mr. Reed? Do you suppose Meagle keeps people who should be discharged, as cured, and provides them with living quarters while they do jobs that should go to outsiders? Gosh, that would cause some overcrowding, wouldn't it? I wonder if there were other appreciative employees who left an inheritance to Meagle. Um, Miss Case, go to the morgue and dig up all you can about inmates at Green Tree. Then get Axford and Lowry in here. We're going to ask some questions in connection with this article. Brett Reed learned what he could that afternoon. That evening, he conferred with Cato, his faithful valet, and the only living person who knew that the young publisher was also the Green Hornet. Cato, there... There have been investigations at the Green Tree Hospital, but they can't get reports from anyone about Meagle. No, sir. I want to talk to an old man named Peasley. He looks after Meagle's dogs. Well, newspaper says those dogs are very, very dangerous. Yes. Wouldn't it be ironic if the dogs did what the police have been unable to do? Well, what is that? Get the Green Hornet. Stepping through a secret panel in the rear of a closet in the bedroom... Britt, Reed, and Cato went along a narrow passageway built within the walls of the apartment itself. This passage led to an adjoining building which fronted on a dark side street. Though supposedly abandoned, this building served as the hiding place for the sleek, super-powered Black Beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. <coughs> Britt, Reed pressed a button. The great car roared into life. A section of the wall in front raised automatically, then closed as the gleaming black beauty sped into the darkness. Peasley, you gabby old fool, look at this story in the Sentinel. You knew the rule about talking to strangers, especially reporters. Well, I, I couldn't help it, sir. I didn't see them come in. They come in the small gate. They was inside before I... had it easy here. But from now on, you meddling old fool, you'll see how tough this place can really be. No, no, Mr. Meagle, Shut up. Come with me. I'll teach you and the rest what it means to disobey. Laundry's a place for you. Laundry? No, Mr. Meagle, please. I I couldn't stand that work. You know what the doctor said about my heart. Come on. Please don't do it. Just let me leave here. Let me go. Come on, you old fool. Let go. Don't let him hurt me. Oh, don't, please. Meagle, get away from that man. You're you're masked. What does this mean? Who are you? You'd better get out of here before I sick the dogs on you. 
Easily open that door. But Go on, he... let the dogs in here. Do as I say. Mr. Meagle, I've seen pictures of that mask. He, he's the Green Hornet. Green Hornet. That's right, Meagle. All the more reason. Get the dog. Save yourself the trouble. I've already given those dogs a shot of gas in this gun. They'll sleep till I get out of here. Why, you... Now, your name is... Peasley, eh? Yes. Now, what was he going to do with you? <laughs> Shut your <laughs> mouth or you'll wish you never had a tongue. <laughs> yes, sir. I won't say nothing, Mr. Meagle. You got your bluff, huh? Don't be afraid to talk, Peasley. Well, I... He was going to... That doddering oh, old fool is crazy. You can't believe anything he said. Shut up, Meagle. Go ahead, Peasley. What was he going to do? The laundry. That's where I was going. Laundry? I can't stand that work. The hot steam. No windows. He's crazy. Now, Hornet, if you'll tell me why you came here. You're in trouble, Meagle. The Sentinels asked a lot of questions. I'm going to help you out. You... You help me. Oh, you'll pay for it. I don't want your help. I'll show you. A gun. You fired too fast. Yeah. You... After this, aim before you fire. So the head of the Green Tree Hospital has a gun, huh? You... You shot him. He'll recover. Now listen to me. But he... He's dead. He's not dead. He'll recover just as the dogs will. Now, Paisley, you're leaving this place with me. But Don't I... be afraid. I want you to tell me all you know about the way Meagle has been running this hospital. continue our story in just a moment. Attention, boys and girls. Here's a terrific gift offer. You can get a big, exciting Model City without sending in one single penny. It's true. This Model City looks so much like a real city, it's amazing. There are buildings, houses, garages, automobiles, trucks, storage sheds, awnings. Just about everything you see in a true life city. You can have all the fun of building it, too, one model after another, until you have a whole city. Can you imagine getting anything as terrific as this without sending in a single penny? Well, you can. There's no money, no box tops, no coupons, absolutely nothing to send in. And there's no waiting. You can get Model City tomorrow right at your favorite grocery store. It is yours at no extra cost when you buy the Betty Crocker cereal tray, the assortment of Wheaties, Cheerios, and Kicks in individual packages. Each individual package holds one generous serving of extra fresh cereal, and right on this handy cereal assortment is Model City. Listen, here's just one avenue of Model City. It's Fifth Avenue. First, there's a big modern bus station. Next, the Model City radio store. Then, size barbecue restaurant. And last, a wonderful modern toy store. All these business buildings are complete. Storage sheds in back and bright awnings in front. Plenty of houses, too. All different styles. Two-story, one-story, brick, shingle, modern, old-fashioned. Even separate garages and automobiles. Just think of the fun you can have when you get Model City complete. Why, you can rearrange the buildings to make all sorts of towns. Make a western town to play cowboy and Indian. And all the time you're building, you can play architect or city planner. Model City's easy to build, too. Many slots pre-clocked. What's more, you don't need any paste or glue. Simply cut out and assemble. Hurry to your grocer. Buy the Betty Crocker cereal tray. The assortment of Wheaties, Cheerios, and Kicks. Ten individual packages in all. Model City comes right on the Betty Crocker cereal tray. There's nothing extra to buy. No box tops. No coupons. Nothing to send in. The minute you get the Betty Crocker cereal tray, you'll get Model City. So hurry. 
Get this handy cereal assortment and on it, get Model City tomorrow. Now to continue our story. Britt Reed was in his office at the Daily Sentinel much earlier than usual on the morning after the Green Hornet appeared at the Green Tree Hospital. His secretary, Gunnigan, and Lowry were with him. Where's Oxford? He's covering police headquarters. Did the police learn anything? Boss, the police only know what Meagle tells them. Lowry, I understand that old man you and Oxford talked to was with Meagle when the Hornet called last night. That's what Meagle told the police. Oh, haven't the police talked to Peasley? Meagle won't let anyone see him or any other inmates. Oh, Peasley's a witness, isn't he? Yeah, but boss... Then go and see him. Get his story. Get an order from the district attorney if you have to. But find Peasley and see if he can add anything to what Meagle reported. What's back of the move, boss? The Hornet must have had some reason for calling on Meagle. Obviously. Meagle won't tell what it is. Maybe Peasley knows. Boss, maybe you got something here. I'll get going right away. I'll pick up Expert at headquarters and take him along. Ed Lowry and Mike Axford were surprised to find Meagle quite agreeable. The superintendent of the hospital wore an expression of sorrow when he was asked about old Mr. Peasley. I've already called the police to report what I found. Please come with me. I'll show you. All right. Yes, sir. He led the way across the vast expanse of grounds toward a section of swampy action where the earth was soft and soggy. Men from police headquarters were examining footprints. This is the quicksand bog. I pointed it out to you men yesterday. Hey, there's Martin from headquarters. Hey, Martin. Oh, hello, Axford. We're studying footprints. They come from the direction of the hospital. There were two men here, and one of them might have been Peasley. Suffering snakes. Uh, we better stop here. What did you learn, Martin? There was quite a struggle here at the edge of the quicksand. Yeah? And only one set of tracks go away from the quicksand. Oh, golly. That must have been the harlot. Here's a hat we found, Mr. Meagle. Yes, uh, it's Peasley. Oh. The harlot threw the old guy into the quicksand. That's what happened. If them's the harlot's footprints, maybe we got something. Looks like Peasley's dead. Meagle, did Peasley leave anything? I believe he did. There was some cash, his savings, of course, and a couple of sealed envelopes. One of them may be his last will and testament. I'll go through his belongings at the proper time and with proper witnesses. Well, count us as a couple of witnesses. I want my paper to be on it. By golly, Lowry, I tell you... I got Britt Reed in the phone. Hello, boss. You told me to call back as soon as Meagle opened the envelope that Peasley lost. Was there anything important in it, Lowry? Peasley left $2,000 in a will, naming Meagle as the sole heir. You saw the will? Meagle's right here beside me, holding it in his hand. A couple of boys from headquarters were witnesses when it was opened. Lowry, listen to me. I want this exclusive. Bring Meagle to my office. Your office, boss? But it'll be 9 o'clock tonight by the time we get there. I'll be waiting. Tell him anything, but get him here. Right, boss. What'd he say, Lowry? Wait a minute, Axford. Mr. Meagle, Britt Reed wants us to take you to his office. Well, I don't know. There might be something in it for you if the Daily Sentinel gets an exclusive story. It was a little later when Britt Reed called Cato on the private phone in his office. Cato, listen carefully. Things are going according to plan. Meagle will be in my office around nine. 
You'll have to drive the Black Beauty and be sure to keep his nibs blindfolded. Station yourself so you can watch my office window. When you see the ceiling light and my office go on, you know what to do. That's right. I'll bring him in, Gunnigan. Come on in. You'd better stay at your desk, Miss Case. Yes, sir. Right in there, Beagle. This is Mr. Reed. How do you do? Delighted to know you, Mr. Reed. Sit down. Thank you. Um, switch on the ceiling light, will you, Larry? Oh, and close the door. Right, boss. Thanks. Oh, where's Axford? Oh, he's with his police pals, boss. Be in later. Well, Mr. Reed, I, uh, I understand you want a, uh, a human interest story from me. What? Well, that's what Mr. Lowry said. Uh, something about bread cast upon the waters. The aged man who made me his heir out of gratitude. Is that will going to stand in court? Oh, yes, of course. You see, not all of the inmates are mental cases. Peasley was of sound mind when he made his will. How did he accumulate so much money? Oh, small jobs here and there. Meagle, I've checked with the probate court. You've inherited quite a bit from inmates in the last few years. In fact, it's close to $20,000. Oh, nothing like that. The figures are on record. Now, you say the inmates earned that money doing odd jobs. Who does the heavy work? Why, what do you mean? Cooking, cleaning, washing, tending furnace. I uh, understand that people are supposed to be hired from the outside for those jobs. Now, see here, Reed, I don't like your tone. Meagle, frankly, I think you're a crook. What? Now, here's how it looks to me. When inmates were cured and should have been discharged, you kept them on at the hospital and continued to collect from the county for their care and treatment. Sir, that's an outrage. That's not all. You had them do work that outsiders should have been hired for, and you kept the cash that should have been paid. Just to keep the records clear, you showed a payroll, but you made sure the money came back to you. To accommodate these people, you made them sleep in shifts. You don't dare make such charges. You can't prove them. You have no... When anyone visits the hospital, he sees only what you want him to see. And talks to people who are instructed what to say. I've had about enough of this. Oh, excuse me. Yes, Miss Case. Mr. Reed, Axford's here with a man who came from the Green Hornet. What? Well, I don't know who he is, but... Hey, Reed! Well, never mind, Miss Case. He's in. Reed, look who I got. It's Peasley. Peasley. He was dead. Like funny is. How did you get him? I was in front of the building when he was let out of the car of the Green Hornet. What? Well, did you just happen to be there? Yeah, I was on the way from the cop's headquarters. That's more than I expected. Huh? Uh, Peasley... Where have you been? Uh, yes, Peasley, where have you been? Well, last night the Green Hornet took me away from the hospital. He took me to town of Ferndale, told me to get a room in the hotel with some money he gave me, stay there till he called me. And you've been there ever since? Oh, yes, sir. I didn't dare disobey the Green Hornet. Then what? Well, he called this evening and told me to go to the crossroads at the edge of town, where I'd be picked up and brought to the city. He said I should report to... Mr. Britt Reed at the Sentinel. Did the Green Hornet pick you up? Oh, I guess it was a Green Hornet. It was the same car. He wore the same kind of mask. But he didn't speak none. He just motioned for me to get into the car. Then let me out in front of this building. And by golly, I came along just as he was getting out of the car. It never came to my mind it was the Hornet's car until after I talked to Peasley. Well, I'm Britt Reed. Uh, did the Green Hornet tell you why you were to see me? Yes, sir. He said I should tell you... That your paper was, uh, was all wrong. All wrong? Well, sir, the sentinel said that I had been murdered by the hornet. We didn't make a flat statement. 
We said that the police believed you were murdered. Yes, sir, but how was it? How about the fight you and the Hornet had near the quicksand? I didn't have no fight. I wasn't even near the quicksand. We followed your tracks. Gosh, guess that must be it. What? Before the Green Hornet drove away with me, he tied me up and blindfolded me. Left me in the car for a few minutes while he and his friend went somewhere after borrowing my shoes. Well, the Green Hornet must have wanted the police to think you were dead. Maybe you know something about it, Meagle. I? Yes. Did you arrange for the Green Hornet to kill Peasley? No, no, of course not. Why should I do anything like that? Perhaps for the inheritance. Uh, Mr. Meagle was telling us, Peasley, how you'd made a will leaving your savings to him. What, Sam? Well, I, I... My savings was left to my second cousin. Lives in Omaha. I didn't leave a nickel to Meagle. You didn't? But we saw the will. Now, wait, gentlemen, listen. There's a mistake, and There's I can There's a mistake, explain... Meagle, and I guess you made it. Hey, boss, let me ask one question. Tell me this, Peasley. Was most of the work around the place done by the people who live there? Oh, yes, sir. That's it. Meagle Britt Reed was right. Instead of spending your budget to hire professional help, you made the inmates do the work. You paid them enough to keep them quiet, but you hung on to the cash for them. You probably pocketed over half the cash you were allowed to spend for help. No, no, listen. Shut wait. up, I'm talking. You wouldn't even let those old folks keep what they'd earned or pass it on after they died. You got them to make out a will, but that didn't mean a thing. You forged a different will so the old folks' dough would come to you. Let me out of here. You can't talk like that. You can't... Sit down. I won't. Let me out. Now stand back, all of you. Hey. I'll shoot the first man who gets in my way. Put that down. Here's where I shine. Oh. Good work, Axford. <laughs> By golly, that'll hold him. How do you like it, boss? Didn't I call a turn? If Meagle hadn't been guilty of sin, he wouldn't have used a gun to try to get away. You deduced part of it, Lowry. But by golly, I bet I've got the rest of it figured out. You're doggone right. The Green Hornet was in the racket with Meagle. Maybe he was to bump off some of those old folks like Peasley. Only there was an argument. Maybe Meagle double-crossed the Hornets, and the Hornets wanted him exposed. Well, he sure exposed him. Oh, brother, with this as an entering wedge, what an investigation we can start. Well, don't forget we're running a newspaper. Get the photographers in here while Meagle's unconscious on the floor. Right, boss. Get going, Axford. Larry, start writing. Don't sit there staring. Get going. This is a newspaper, and we just made a page one spread. Let's handle it. Well, everything worked out very well, Mr. Brick. Yes, Kato. Yeah, from now on, things will be different at the Green Tree Hospital. And Meagle will be an inmate at another kind of institution. <laughs> well, yes, sir. Uh, by the way, did you dispose of the shoes I wore when I made those tracks to the quicksand? Oh, yes, sir. They're destroyed. Uh, you know, when I carried you away from there, I noticed you were exceptionally light. You know, I'm afraid you're working too hard. <laughs> you're underweight. <laughs> oh, the sentinel extras on the streets. Uh, I know the story, Cato. I guess I can go to bed.
boys and girls, be sure to take advantage of the Betty Crocker cereal tray big gift offer. Get your model city that looks just like a real city without sending in a penny. Just go to your grocers, ask for the new Betty Crocker cereal tray, the assortment of Wheaties, Cheerios, and Kicks in individual packages. Each individual package holds a generous serving of extra fresh cereal. Hurry, get the Betty Crocker cereal tray and get Model City tomorrow. You've been listening to The Green Hornet, brought to you by the Betty Crocker cereal tray, the cereal assortment of individual packages of Wheaties, Cheerios, and Kicks. <laughs> Special offer, Cheerios now offers you not one, not two, not three, but actually four wonderful Walt Disney pocket-sized comic books. All four for only ten cents and one Cheerios box top. Each book 32 pages thick. You get 128 pages in all, all brand new stories. This amazing offer, yours only on big regular-sized packages of Cheerios. Get the big regular-sized package of Cheerios tomorrow and send for your four Walt Disney pocket-sized comic books... Today. Be with us again next week at the same time when General Mills will again present The Green Hornet. And for other exciting adventures of The Green Hornet, read The Green Hornet comic magazine, now on sale at your newsstand. This copyrighted feature originates in Detroit, and all characters, places, and incidents used are fictitious. Al Neal speaking. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. <laughs>